Yeah, this is Christy with Film Inquiry. Congratulations on the film. Um, I really enjoyed it. I not reviewing it, but I also really enjoyed it. So I'm just wondering, as writer-director, where did this kind of seed of an idea come from? Yeah, so it's actually inspired by my own true personal events, mm -hmm. um, just different events throughout my you know, childhood as well as into my adult life. And I was able to, you know, the, the great thing about fiction filmmaking is that you're able to piece things together um, to then form a specific narrative. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so it's very much inspired by my own truth. Um, so I was once uh, very much in love with someone who was uh, undiagnosed eventually a diagnosis late onset bipolar mm -hmm. and it was something that I felt very ill-equipped on how to um, navigate as mm -hmm. a caretaker and that's part of my South Asian culture as well and that's the reason for this title dosh which means fault or flaw in Hindi um, I felt like it was a fault of my society and my mm -hmm. culture for not teaching me um, anything about mental health because it's something that we just keep under under our roof you yeah. know we don't talk about it openly at all and um, I had a really tough time figuring out how to navigate that. And then in terms of hard of hearing, I'm hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. So the, the protagonist, Karishma, um, she's this hard of hearing mother. And um, we are, you know, we are made to feel ashamed since the day, like, we have a disability or, mm -hmm. you know, since the day we were born. And that's something that I just want to be able to open up these conversations. You know, this is just my small way of trying to dismantle taboos. Um, as it relates to shame uh, within my South Asian diaspora. And my hope is like this film will actually open up the conversation of just saying like, how can we be more empathetic and supportive of each other? Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Um, so when did you first realize that you wanted to be a, a filmmaker? Yeah, so, um, you know, I feel like I've had a couple of different chapters in my life where it was always creative led. Um, so I had been a singer songwriter for a very long time. Um, and I thought music, you know, was my first true love. And in fact, the last time I came to Park City was for Sundance. I was in a showcase there, oh. um, a singing, a music showcase. And it was um, 10 years ago. Wow. <laughs> and now to think that I'm here as a filmmaker is what amazing. A journey. Yeah, what a journey. But back then, I never thought that I could ever, you know, like filmmaking, like what's that? And then it was after I had my son in mm -hmm. 2016. I just know for myself that I didn't have actually good footage from my parents um, in terms of like pictures or any kind of like videos of me uh, because they just were so hu busy hustling you know trying to, to make money for the family that it was really hard for them to like just be able to film me or take pictures and some of them just got lost and um, and I told myself that I'm not going to do this to my kids mm -hmm. that I want to make sure I invest in a good camera and then film like literally every moment of their lives yeah. <laughs> like kind of a day in a life and I just grew in love with that medium and I was like this is really cool where you can actually be able to um, incorporate my love for music, mm -hmm. incorporate my love for art, because like production design, you know, like just the world that you can build, and then my true love for storytelling. Yeah. And I just felt like it was the most comprehensive medium. And so then I got into docs first for quite a long, for like by eight years. And then I decided I really want to deepen this foundation of learning um, filmmaking and I, I want to understand fiction filmmaking. So then I applied to AFI oh. for the directing program. Amazing. And thankfully I got into that. And then this is my thesis film from that. Oh. So now I'm and finished. But the two-year conservatory. Yeah, That's thank you. <laughs> um, so this is your first. Do you feel it's a, you said it was very, you know, personal and everything. Do you think it was like a kind of cathartic to? It was so cathartic. So cathartic. Yeah, so cathartic. Um, it was hard, I'll tell you. It was very hard. Like, I mean, luckily I had a co-writer, uh, Noura Aladi, who's from Saudi Arabia, and she understands my culture very well because mm -hmm. she experiences the same things in hers. Um, and so as we were working through the script, there'd just be moments where I'd break down and just have, like, I just couldn't do much. And what I appreciate about her especially is that she really encouraged me to lean into my truth. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just took some time. Uh, but we eventually got there, and I'm just, I'm grateful. I feel like... Um, 
you know, I feel like a weight lifted off my shoulder just because if, if there's like, I wish for myself, I had a bit of a different ending in my true, my true life mm-hmm. um, in terms of how my understanding of anything with mental health could have, you know, could have been yeah. healed a little bit better if I had been more equipped. But now it's like, let me use this as a way to be able to share with others that might be experiencing anything similar yeah. and to know that they're seen, you know, they should feel seen, hopefully. So. Yeah. And what was the writing process? Like you, you said it was a thesis film. So how mm-hmm. long did it take you to, to make and write and create the short? Yeah, so AFI is really has like this very specific, um, strict schedule mm-hmm. in terms of uh, like 20 weeks out, 19 weeks out, you know. So after we had formed our team and I had my um, co-writer on board with me, I think we were kind of ideating for, you know, a couple of months, even mm-hmm. though I had kind of like the major beats all laid out. Um, cause I'm very visual driven. So it's just like, I, I know tell. that one scene is here, you know, like I know one's gotta be underwater. One's gotta be this. And it was just a matter of structuring that. Mm-hmm. But I think like starting at 20 weeks out before we shot, um, is when we really started like fine tuning the script and the way AFI is, is like literally those first 10 weeks are focused on developing the story mm-hmm. because story is number one, you know, like you can have a crappy looking film, but if the story suffers and that's, that's yeah. on you, but you know, like you can have a beautiful story with a crappy looking film and the story will resonate, you know? Yeah. So that they do put a lot of time into that. And I think by 10 weeks out, we were pretty solid on the script that we wanted. And that's when we really focused on the rest of the things of production, Yeah, you know, like casting and like locations and all that stuff. And do you think having that kind of regimented was, was helpful? Yeah. 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 So excellent to the point that I now use this for my other, um, you know, my other films and yeah. my other projects, because I just felt like that was a discipline that I needed mm-hmm. to make sure, because it's, it's one of those things that like, like 10 weeks out, you need to know what location you're at. So then you can then figure out the production design logistics, figure out like the DP, like, you know, um, the camera placement logistics and what are some of the challenges there. Mm -hmm. But if you wait, you know, until much later, then it becomes a little bit challenging for the rest of the the whole, you know, all the pieces of the puzzle to work cohesively together, you know. Well, it's a very beautiful film. Thank um, you. I thought the some of the shots were just uh, really quite gorgeous. I, I love the two parts that um, where you actually take out, you know, and, and there's no sound. I just thought those were kind of mesmerizing. Um, can you talk a bit about kind of creating those scenes? Yeah. So that's all, you know, um, based on just my personal experience. So when I take my hearing aids out. Um, I just hear like the sound of an AC generator that muffles Mm -hmm. like every human voice around me. Um, So like, you know, that would be me explaining to my team and my editor specifically, like these are the things that I experience. And so when she takes out her hearing aids in the the beginning of the film, that's what I want to, I want to experience this, you Mm -hmm. know? And then when you put it back in, you know, of course then you hear sound rather like what people would deem as normal. but the other, the flip side of it mm-hmm. is that when I do want to escape, sometimes I love the fact that I could just turn my hearing aids off, but then mm-hmm. I can hear my own world inside mm-hmm. so crystal clear, like music. Yeah. And that was very important in the beginning of our story is because, you know, we start to see things unravel after that first scene. Right. Because there's something that, yes. From the first time to the second time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then um, the moment when her hearing aids are taken away from her and then she has to navigate this party. It was just one of those things that sound design is like one of the most important things for me, just so that mm-hmm. someone that's that doesn't know anything about like the hearing spectrum 
could they experience this? Because they're not only seeing this visually or, you know, just hearing the dialogue or whatever. I want them to actually feel like vibrations almost, right. you know? Yeah. And it's just like, how do I get that from like paper to film to people? Right. <laughs> I, no, you did a great job. I think the scene, especially when you're moving through to the music and you don't, it's like you don't want people to know, you know, and it's uh, very powerful. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. No, I thought that was terrific. What kind of advice would you give to people that are, you know, considering making their first, you know, fiction short? Short? Yeah. Well, I definitely encourage shorts first, yeah. for sure, because I think you learn so much within a smaller set of days, um, just about production in general. Um, the, the big piece of advice is just go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that you can make a film with, you know, just even, um, and, I, and, I, and I know this is very cliche to say, but you can make a film with an iPhone. Mm -hmm. And it's just really story what is what matters. Um, and iPhones these days, like when you do cinematic filming, uh, you know, with the setting, it, it looks gorgeous, like mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful and it's very stable. But um, you don't need to make it so complicated from a production standpoint that I just feel like if you feel there's a specific story that you just so resonate with that you want to make and you want other people to see mm -hmm. just so that you can get your voice out there, there's nothing that should stop you, not even money, you know? It's um, it's it's really just story, yeah. and and just there should be no fear in doing that, and just do it. I mean, I started with just documentaries, like filming my little boy, or <laughs> filming my mom, and then when uh, one of my earlier films um, on their story ended up winning a film festival, I was like, wait, maybe oh. I'm onto something. You know, <laughs> you can't predict it, yeah. but if it's like if you have a true passion for it, then just go for it. Like, right. don't let money or don't let like any other um, logistics kind of like prevent you from doing that. Right. So you'd say film what you know, write what you know. Exactly. I would say that. Yeah. I would say that. But I would say that, you know, with more practice, you can also then take on, you know, stories that you wouldn't know, but that you really are eager to learn about mm -hmm. and then infuse your own authenticity into it, you know? Yeah. But I think most important, like, you know, every film that you as a filmmaker is going to make, then you should have your own authenticity in some shape or form. Yeah. So I could, you know, if I'm ever given the opportunity to talk about a dad, for instance, I'm not a dad myself, mm -hmm. but I know how my husband is for my children. And it's just like, that's where you start to infuse authenticity into that story. So then that way your voice as a filmmaker comes into what message that you are trying to relay to your audience. Yeah, that's a wonderful answer. Um, so what's, what's next for you? Are you working on something else now? Yeah, so this short actually serves as a tonal um, proof of concept for a feature and mm -hmm. I've been fortunate to be nominated by my organization uh, an organization that I am a fellow alumni of is called respectability mm -hmm. which is about disability yes. disability of advocacy um, they've been my biggest champion honestly I feel so seen because I mean I'm a South Asian and yes my South Asians are doing my fellow South Asians are doing amazing things but I didn't truly feel seen until I was part of respectability and they just really encourage me to lean into all the things that make me you know mm -hmm. all the intersectionalities that make me um, including my disability so my uh, feature um, was nominated for like a you know Sundance Labs and stuff like that so we'll see where it goes but at least I have this short that this is this is my style of filmmaking this is I, I love family dramas yeah. you know um, and I love this type of type of aesthetic where like in the short actually there's only 12 lines of dialogue and so my preference is to have as minimal dialogue, but like still carry a story, yeah. but then have it be visually shown and more experienced yeah. through sound design and through all the other elements. I love that. Um, well, congratulations. Good luck with the uh, with the script and the yeah, feature. Thank you. Um, it's a long road ahead for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and congratulations on the, the short being here. That's amazing. Thank um, you. Is there anything you'd like people to take away from seeing the film? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this story is so specific 
um, you know, culturally and, you know, to this one person uh, based on my own, you know, life experiences. And I can only speak from that. So I'm not like a representative of all South Asians with disabilities around the world. But what I did appreciate and just from what I'm hearing and the, the feedback that we get from our screenings is that this specificity actually makes it feel very relatable across the Chilean culture or just mm -hmm. like, you know, the, um, the other cultures uh, of people who've approached me have shared that with me. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to say two things. One is embrace your own specificity and your own, you know, set of intersections that you have in your own life and use that as a guiding light for the storytelling that you would want if you are a filmmaker or a storyteller. But then the second thing is that to my fellow South Asians, um, we are not alone and I want you to feel seen. And if you ever are someone that is experiencing um, being, you know, caring for someone that has a mental health challenge such mm -hmm. as bipolarism or you are experiencing it yourself or feel ashamed because of a certain disability or something, please reach out to me. Mm -hmm. I love hearing from you and I'm here to support you. And, um, and I just want you to know that you're not alone and that we can be able to rise above this stupid taboo of shame mm -hmm. with love and empathy for one another. That's a beautiful message. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, thanks so much for doing this. It was wonderful meeting you.